Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Rooted Deep, a podcast featuring Reba Bowman and Allison Hale. This is Reba and Allison. Welcome to Rooted Deep. We are really excited to be with you today. And Allie, we're going to talk about some stuff today that is really close to our hearts. Uh, yes, <laughs> for both and, of us. Exactly. And this is actually how we met. So I think it's really, it's a good topic to talk about. because this is It how is. We met. So we're going to talk about mission trips today. And uh, Allison has been a missionary. She's the daughter of missionaries. So Allison was kind of raised in the mission trip culture okay yeah <laughs> for lack of a better word um and of course since i i went on a mission trip when i was in college that was my first mission trip and then uh since then i have led trips uh with dare for more been on trips so um mission trips are a big part of what both of us do now yeah. so ali you know we we have um I mean, you've been in this so much longer than I have. You have been on good, bad, ugly. I know you have just seen the whole gamut of mission trips. We have. And it's interesting because my parents, um, as missionaries, when we lived in the Dominican Republic, they always rented a house a little bit larger than we needed and just filled the extra bedrooms with bunk beds for any visitors that would come in. And it was, and I remember one time coming home from college and I called mom a couple weeks before leaving college for the summer. And I said, please don't have anybody in our house for the summer. I don't want any missions. <laughs> I don't want any missions. And of course I was on the plane and I, I um, got out baggage claim and somebody said, oh, I think you're Allison. I'm going to be staying with you and your family for, you know, for the whole summer. And I was just like, mom sprung it on me. And, uh, and that, that, you know, and I think that mom and dad wanted to have that culture of inviting people into our home to see how yeah. we live. And, um, and so we had a mission, we were, we were doing missions trips, but on the other side, none of us had ever been on a missions trip before. Okay. Uh, but we were hosting, you know, we were hosting yeah. people in our house all the time. You're hosting the trips. Yeah. So, I mean, I went on my first missions trip. Now I get really, I get ribbed about this a lot. Because my very first missions trip was to Hawaii. Of course it was. And everybody's like, that's not a missions trip. But it, it, but it was. I spent a summer in Hawaii. And those people need Jesus too. Absolutely. And uh, we did sports camps uh, all summer long. So it was a really phenomenal way to actually get in with the Hawaiian people. To be able to be in their schools. To be able to be on the different islands. And doing camps and uh, opportunities to... Uh, you know, for a college student who was an athlete, this was like, this was heaven yeah. for me yeah. because I was there for a whole, really for the, towards the end of May, all the way to the beginning of August and uh, spent the whole summer there. And mm. just, I, I had so many different experiences. I slept on the beach with a family for two weeks. Um, I was in, you know, you're in different people's homes, you're in different right. atmospheres, but the whole, you know, I walked away thinking, you know, this is, this was really life changing. This was really, it, it kind of changed the way I thought about missions and the way I thought about the world. Yeah. It, and it does change you because I think so many times, especially the churches and schools or ministries or organizations that take missions trips, the whole point is you're working with a group of, of insulated people, teenagers, yeah. uh, church ladies, whatever it is, and taking them out of their comfort zone mm -hmm. um, into another culture to where they, you know, 
they're they're meeting people from a different culture and all of yeah. a sudden it does broaden their horizon a little bit and they and they can say okay even though this woman lives in a completely different t- style house or or mm-hmm. the the culture's different we're still struggling with some of the same issues we still obviously number 1 everybody needs Jesus number 2 we we always were concerned about our families number yep. 3 you know we still we don't want to age you know those are the three things that women think about Right. And sometimes. And, you know, and so they're thinking, okay, I see these, I see that I see people like me, but not like me. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I think that I really, if you can go on a mission trip, um, and I know like there's philosophical, I, I, I heard one guy who actually wrote a book and talked about, you know, Hey, we don't need mission trips. Just give the money you would spend on the trip right. to the missionary and let them do their thing. But, and I, and I get his point. I do get his point, but I also really think that life-changing things can happen when you actually get on a plane, mm-hmm. uh, get, like you said, totally out of your comfort zone, understand that our people in the world who think differently, mm-hmm. eat differently, act differently, um, respond differently than you and your family do, and the people that you know that live within 30 minutes of you do. Right. And I think it's so important because it helps us to know how to pray for the world, it, it helps us to know how to love um, and to realize that the world is a whole lot bigger than us four and no more. Right. You know, exactly. and, you know, I think sometimes we can experience culture shock going from, you know, going from Tennessee to Ohio. But, um, you know, taking yeah. that into a bigger into a bigger global and understanding that there is a global there's a global arena and 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 there is there you can connect. On some level, you can connect with somebody that has a different perspective, grew up in a completely different, with a different philosophy or different culture. Oh, yeah. And, and so it's, it's exciting. It's exciting to watch when you have, on the, on, when, as a missionary, yeah. on one side, it's really exciting to, to kind of see the light bulb go on mm-hmm. and say, okay, yeah. um, these, these certain people in this group get it, you know? And then you mm-hmm. see some of them, and I'm like, okay, I'm glad you came and visited, take some pictures and, and, and move along. And um, I was, I, I kind of go back and forth with, um, because as a missionary, I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to host another group. Maybe what am I going to do with these people this week? Mm -hmm. Um, but, but thankfully the, the groups that we have had, we communicate with them and say, Hey, here's what's going on. And what, here's what you're going to jump into. And, and, and most of them are very, very flexible. Yeah, you know, and I think that is the name of the game. Um, I know when we when we take mission trips, uh, I send out a series of emails, and the very first email that goes out is how important flexibility is to any mission trip. Because I think, um, to our shame, many times those of us and that are, and I'm I'm sitting in the U.S., so U.S. people leaving the United States and going over, there's this idea that we're coming to. We're going to come and save you from, from your whatever. And there's this idea that we're coming in and, and we're, you know, we're going to help you um, be a better person. And what that means in a lot of people's minds is we're going to make you as American as possible. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And we feel like, okay, we've got this agenda. We want to, we've practiced our songs. We know our little program that we want, and we want to make sure that we do what we think is important. And then we come back and we've got hundreds of pictures that we can show what we, aren't, did. Aren't what we did. Aren't we awesome? Yeah. And all to our shame, um, because honestly, that attitude is what really makes a missions trip horrible. 
Um, It's all, it becomes all about the people going and nothing about the people we're going to. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's a strange concept for us to flip the coin sometimes and say, wait a minute, this is not about what do I want out of this trip? It's really, what do the people need where I'm going? Right, exactly. And, and we, try to, we try to think about that. And we try to strike a balance every time. Um, and I think even uh, people who, who are super, super planners and they're like, okay, we want to do something. We, we want to plan a mission trip for a year out. And so, Allison, we're coming down, you know, May of 2022. Yeah. What's the schedule? And I'm like, I don't know what the world is going to look like May of 2022. So right. we're going to try to do, right. and I don't know what our ministry could, could look like, you know, right. as far as I, yeah. you know, I hope I can, I can, you know, and so we talk in generalities, what are some of the skills that you guys have? And um, we've had, sometimes I'm like, I just need a seamstress down here. I need somebody who can hammer a nail and yeah. I need somebody who can, who can make coffee and hug people. Those are the talents that we need for this particular missions trip. And so when people come down, we try, we try to do our best to kind of place them in, in their wheelhouse so they can feel comfortable because there's a language barrier anyway. So right they're going to sit there and watch me do everything or yeah. they're going to, you know, or they could say, you know, no, I can sew. Allie can't sew worth a flip. Right. So, so let's, you know, let's sit down with, you know, and so that's one of the things that, that we always say, I went on a mission trip one time and the first email that they sent us out, they actually mailed us a package and it was just, a, it was Gumby. And they're like, take this with you on your mission trip. And if you have problems with flexibility, pull out your Gumby and, and play with it a little bit, you know? And so yeah. it's just like, we all, we're always Gumby. And it right. was just because we want to use our skills for the, and we want to use what I've, you know, what we've learned. Um, but it, we want it to be a blessing where, where, wherever we go. Yeah. And I mean, you think about flexibility. I mean, our podcast is a perfect example of that. I, I promise you people are listening and wondering what in the world was that racket that just happened behind <laughs> Allie's voice. Right. And Allie's recording. I didn't even notice it. Allie's recording in the Dominican. Um, and of course her house doesn't have air conditioning pouring through it. So she's got windows open, fans blowing. And that was sounded like the Harley Davidson convention just pulled into your house, but it was the motors that run up and down the road. This and motorcycle with bread, exactly. selling bread. So one of the fun things about this podcast is that you're kind of, it's real and authentic and there's no <laughs> studio editing really happening here. Exactly. So if you wondered if what, if Allie was just attacked, she was not, that was just, uh, that was just road noise. Uh, and behind the house it, and yeah. you didn't even know it I know I got tickled I'm like okay could that motorcycle be any louder and Allie's just talking on because you hear it all the time I do but, and yeah and yeah, that's one that's, of the things that yeah. we see we, you know in, in the Dominican for example we've had groups that okay we're going to do a bible club this is going to happen this is going to happen and then it rains right and 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 in the states the kids would all run outside and play in the rain but in the Dominican that's like a snow day and right. so it's like, I don't, I'm yeah. sorry. I don't know what to tell you. They're not going to come. They're afraid to get wet. Bam. Yeah. Sorry. You know? Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think, you know, I think it's important when you think about a mission trip to think about some things, maybe a mission trip should not be mm-hmm. as much as we think about what it should be, maybe what it should not be. Right. Um, because I, and we've kind of alluded to a few of those, but I mean, a mission trip is not about the people going on the trip. It's about the people you're going to minister to. And right. so I think, um, I know our women through the years, we've, we have led over 600 women on mission, um, to, and, and 99% of those women have come to, uh, to you, Allie, we've, mm-hmm. we've come to the Dominican yeah. and 
the one of the things women have talked about so much on our trip is, um, you know, this is not your typical missions trip. And I'm like, no, it's not. Yeah. You know, um, this is about sometimes saying, I see you and I'm going to drink coffee with you and I'm going to sit down at a table beside you. And I'm just going, even though I don't speak your language and you don't speak mine necessarily, we're going to sit here, pray together, make a piece of jewelry together, yeah. uh, you know, and God's going to use the, what he always does to kind of knit our hearts in a way that right. language doesn't separate us and culture doesn't separate us. And, and I'm going to walk away understanding that is exactly what that one woman needed today. Yeah. Yeah. She needed somebody to look in her eyes, which is with love and, and, yeah. and dignity and to say, and to sit beside instead of always, I think a lot of times people think um, on mission trips, I'm going to stand up and, and teach something, or I'm yes. going to stand up and, and, and lead something. Mm -hmm. But sometimes um, Reba and I, especially on these trips, we really like to kind of flip the script a little bit and have mm -hmm. the women of the workshop or, or something, have them teach yes. so that American women can be kind of in the seat, in the seat, kind of in learning. Mm -hmm. And um, it gives dignity to the, it gives dignity to the Dominican women. And it also just shows, Hey, this is something that you don't know that this woman knows. And she's yeah. excited to share it with you. Um, Absolutely. And, and I think that that's one of the things because like, and I, 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 re I remember you, you saying this on trips before, it's not about you to, to some, you know, to the group, yeah. not, in, not, you weren't talking to one specific person. No, no, you, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, you were talking in general to the group. Hey, remember, it's not about us. We're about to step into, um, into an activity and, um, we're going to kind of disappear in the background and, 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 and watch and learn yeah. and understand how we could pray and get connected, um, get connected later. Yeah. And, and, you know, one of the policies that we have on our trip is that there are no photo zones that yes. are, that our team steps into. And, you know, I'm always on the bus explaining, okay, guys, cameras away, phones away. Yeah. This is not a place where you take pictures for the protection of the people that we're loving on and serving. And I always know I'm going to get pushback from some people mm -hmm. on that because it's almost like if I don't have a picture and I can't go back, it didn't yeah. count. Yeah. And, and I'm like, ah, oh, we have to, those are just some things that we have to learn to step over in order to really love people, be biblical, to serve people well, and maybe really change our minds about really what is a missions trip and what do we do when we go on one. Right. Um, and I think, I think that my parents did a great job um, just kind of allowing people to come alongside, live in the home with us, you know, yeah. for a week or whatever. Um, but then those conversations at the end of the day around dinner, um, talking about the highs and lows or talking about what you saw, answering questions. Hey, I saw this person, you know, sitting on the side of the road selling this. What, you know, what's mm -hmm. the situation there? Or I saw, we saw a poor person and they, and they asked it and we get the tough questions. I saw you walk right by a poor person and not give them any money. You know, right. and we get those tough questions and we have to explain, you know, and we have to yeah. say, when you get off the bus, you are not allowed to give anything out. That's yeah. like rule number one, no pictures. Then the next thing is do not give anything out because if you yeah. don't have enough for the entire neighborhood or village or wherever we are, yeah. then keep it to yourself. I mean, we've had people like, oh, I gave my hat to this person. Well, did you have 120 hats? Because there were 120 kids, you know? Yeah. And we get, we've gotten mobbed. We've gotten, and yeah. you know, and we don't want to be seen as, because whatever you do on a missions trip, when you fly out, the missionaries are kind of left with whatever. Yeah. Did. 
and you yeah know, what you started around, yeah yeah so well and you know we, handing out 20 pesos to everybody yeah. it's not really going to help us the next time we go into that village yeah exactly right well and and i think also it, it, it and we've talked about this on several occasions we don't want to get the mindset well we'll just sit back and wait till the americans come because they'll give us money and we don't have to stand on our own two feet that's not biblical or wise either and so but it's very difficult sometimes for um people who come on mission trips and feel like oh i just want to i want to give this kid candy i want to give this kid 20 i want to i want to buy this i want to do that Mm -hmm. and one of the hardest things i think for missionaries to say is I know you don't understand, but you can't do that because, you know, and, um, and people to receive that and say, you know what, I get it. Um, And most of the time they do, they do receive it, especially um, in my, you know, with my parents. Uh, I, I've always been a very blunt person. And so I might not have communicated as well, (laughs) you know, I'm like, put your stuff away. Nobody cares what you have, you know, and I'm rude about it, but there are other, um, but we've had most of the people understand once we were able to explain, yeah. hey, listen, here's the yep. process. If you have a suitcase full of, of pillowcase dresses, for an example, we're going to go through the pastor of the church or we're going to go through the community leader. And yeah. they know the needs more than we do. They know the yeah. needs more, obviously, more than you, the visitor knows. And so there we have a process um, because yes. we get stuck with we get stuck with a lot of messes if people aren't receiving that. Yes. And then we and then we know, OK, so this was about you and not about. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. The person that to help. Yeah. So, I mean, those are some things and we, and, and mission trips are great. I, I hope some of you may have kids that are listening and they want to go on a trip. I would encourage you yes. to, to get your kid on a missions trip. Um, some of you as a family, I would challenge you instead of going on a family vacation to Disney world or to whatever, to the beach, maybe one year plan a missions trip for your family yeah. and just say, Hey, we're going to plan a missions trip. It can be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be exciting. Your kids can do really fun things. And at the same time, it can really be a great opportunity to open up your family's eyes to the world around them and to the needs around them. Uh, and we've had, yeah, we've had families before come and do like a, a four, three kind of a week. So they yeah. do, they'll do three days, you know, of ministry with us. And then they'll kind of take, you know, go back to the hotel and, and unpack it with their kids. And it's been a great way for the kids to do like a you know, they're, they're enjoying the, the country that they're visiting, but they're also understanding what's really happening outside yeah. of hotel walls. So Allie, what makes a great missions trip? I mean, if you were to say, boy, these are the components of a really great trip, what are they? I think the first thing that people um, understanding, hey, we're coming down and we're just excited to see and learn mm-hmm. instead of do and teach. Yeah. I think there's going to be times for people. I think you were just on a mission trip where your entire group was teaching the whole time. Um, yeah. And, you know, and there's, and there's, there's definitely times for that, but then there's other cases, like most of the time in our ministry, there's there, the Dominicans are already teaching. They're, they're, they're already, yeah. they're already kind of in leadership roles. Like they're doing their vacation Bible schools They're and they're doing an awesome job. And so what you can come along with is, Hey, I'm going to, I'm, I'm just excited to serve. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to, to listen and learn. Um, and then I think that makes a good mission trip. Obviously, the flexibility, but then, um, but then also being able to say, "Hey, I, you know, if I don't, if I don't have a picture, I, I just, I just want to, to make a connection with the women yeah. or the or the people that I'm, I'm serving, and I just want to remember names and I want to remember faces just yeah. because I've made a connection with them. I think that's a that's a good start. Yeah, me too. I, I love that, um, and I think 
um, just being able to kind of surrender your own will and say, God, teach what, what can I learn about yeah. who you are, how you work and how you work differently. Right. Um, in, in someone else's country than mine, uh, you know, and how things work differently. Uh, it's not, well, that's, that's not the right way. You know, right. I, you know, or you I, would think that they would do it this way. Yeah. That right. No, 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 no. You know, this is, this is about, uh, this is about stepping into the culture, uh, mm-hmm. and, and not, and not trying to come in and change the culture. Right. And yeah. I, yeah. And so I just, and I think you guys do such a great job of that. Uh, we tease Allie all the time that she's, she's really Dominican. Um, and uh, she's a little too light skinned to be totally Dominican, but she's, but she's Dominican. And so, you know, and I love that because I think that's just part of becoming, um, becoming part of the culture and mm-hmm. kind of appreciating the culture. Right. Yeah. Because and I know, I mean, I know that the groups are going to stand out, especially you, Reba. You're yeah. very tall. You're blonde. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, when we're, when we're walking down the street, all of a sudden there's, uh, you know, and, and we're going to get stared at. And, and yeah. I'm still, there's, there's neighborhoods in this city. I've lived in the city 18 years, some Pedro. And there are neighborhoods that I still, I don't fit in, you know, and it's yeah. obvious I shouldn't be in this neighborhood, you know. Um, when I'm visiting one of the women or when I'm visiting, you know, some of our, our church members and I'm like, I know I don't, I, I stand out. Um, and so we try to break down as many barriers as we can. We know there's a yeah. the language barrier. There's, um, there's the physical, Hey, I look, you know, I don't look like everybody else. And so we try to give you guys some cultural tips on mm-hmm. at least here's how you, here's how you connect. Here's how you greet somebody with, you know, with the, with a little kiss, or here's how you, um, here's how you talk or here's how you say hello or here's how you sit down and have coffee. And we yeah. try to break as many barriers as we can because there's mm-hmm. already so many that are, uh, but you know, and so even, even to the way you dress, it's not, mm-hmm. you know, we're not so worried about modesty. We're just worried about, you know, just try to fit in as much as you can. You know, um, thankfully yeah. we're not a country where you have to wear, you know, a burqa or anything like that. But um, people are, people always come down and they're like, how can you tell? I had this group just a few weeks ago and the kids I, I saw somebody walking across the street and I turned around to the students and I'm like, oh, you can always tell an American, you know, from, from a Dominican. And they're like, how could you tell whether he was American or Dominican? And me and Anna at the same time both said he had shorts on, you know, men don't walk around the street in shorts, you know, and yeah. it, it, it blew the American's mind away because they were like, what, that's, that's the, uh, yeah, he didn't even open his mouth. I'm like, I know, but I knew he was American because yeah. And it's just one of those things that, so if you want to look like a Dominican, you're going to have to wear jeans all the time. You know, it's just silly stuff like that. Yeah. But it's understanding that we want as many barriers to be lowered as we can. Right. um, Because we already, we we, we start off with a few already. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. Um, I just got back, back just a couple of days ago from Africa. And um, when you step into, and you've been with me, you know, in this area though, Allie, but when we step into the compounds, we are at times some of the very first white people that some of those children have yes. actually seen. Yeah. And so we stick out drastically, right. um, you know, in, in the compounds, but it is, um, in fact, uh, um, we, we've had kids come up and lick us before Oh wow! Uh, to, to see if we, they lick <laughs> our skin different. to see if we taste different. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's kind of, but or if it comes off. That yeah, comes exactly. Off. Yeah. Does this come off, you know, but, um, but being able to learn from that culture and step into that culture and not try to change that culture necessarily. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's sinful, let's change things, but if yeah. it's not sinful, let's come in and find appreciation Celebrate for the culture. Yeah. Uh, but I think some of the funniest stories mm-hmm. that I have ever had in traveling 
are are really the fact that the culture is so different, so different or things yeah. are so different. And I mean, we, I mean, and I know Allie, we've probably got hundreds of these, oh, but yeah. just some of the most insane um, travel stories, some of the most interesting things as we are trying so hard to adjust to the culture right. and really not doing well at all. Yeah. <laughs> and not, and you really want to be careful because everything that I'm thinking, you can automatically see it on my face. Yeah. And so I always have to, and it's what's better now when we have masks on, you put a sunglasses on and nobody knows what you're thinking. But man, if you, I mean, if you see my face, Gary's like, you can tell what you're thinking, stop, you know, don't. And, and you and I've had to practice that. I'm like, just keep smiling, whatever's happening, yes. just keep smiling. Yes, yeah, exactly. Uh, Allie and I have one of the really funny stories and, and this is part of, uh, of things. We were down in Cuba and we were together and we had been, it was, I don't know, it felt like it was 112. I don't know, but it was a hot, hot day. And we had been, we had been walking all day long from house to house to house. And of course, Allie's fluent in Spanish. I'm not. And so every house we went into, Allie was having to translate everything for me. So by three o'clock in the afternoon, we're exhausted just from the heat, walking and talking with people. And Allie has, has had to do double time to work because she has had to translate for me in every house. So funny, funny story. We go in and right before we walk in, Allie looks at me and she goes, I am so exhausted from translating. I'm not translating in this house. Just follow my lead. <laughs> like that was done. And I'll never forget. We sat down and this lady is telling this story. And of course I have, I can pick up a word or here or a word there, but I really don't know what they're saying. And so Allie looks at me and she goes, this is a sad story. Look a little sad. <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking a little sad. Yeah. She goes, nod. This would be a good place for you to yeah. nod. So instead of translating. <laughs> I'm just giving her vote, like facial clues, you know? And yes. so I'm like, okay, this is funny. So laugh. Oh, oh, dial it down. Not that much. It's yeah. not funny, you know, and just back. And we just went back and forth because I was fried. And yeah. um, <laughs> now we ended up, I ended up just because everybody wants to hear from Reba, Allie's a translator. And I'm like, no, no, that's not true. It's most of the time. And so, so but I'm like, listen, I'll, I'll pray with her. I'll minister to her. You sit back and just nod and, and, and agree with everything I'm saying, you know? So the woman did get ministered to, but on, but Reba has absolutely no idea what was said. We don't know. No, absolutely no idea. And it was okay because I can only imagine how exhausted you were. Basically every, every place we went, you're having two, two, Everything is repeated twice, mm -hmm. uh, back from one language to the other. Right. But, okay, so Allie, I know you have some funny. I know you have some funny mission stories. So, so come on, tell us one at least. Give us, give us one story. Well, I think um, in my case, most of the time, and most of the time, I'm I'm ministering in countries where I speak the language. And right. so it's not until when I went to Romania, and everybody had said, okay, Romania, Romanian is also an, a Romance language. It's very, it's it's like Spanish, it's like Italian, it's like, you know, the romance languages that are Latin based. And so I remember um, there was one time when I was so tired from walking, I'd walked and I was trying to get a taxi back to the hotel. And I was just, I was just saying all the words that I could think of in Spanish, half Spanish, half Italian, half English. And the guy was just shaking his head. And I was like, I finally was just like in English. I'm like, please, I'm so tired. And I guess he just understood that I was just a tired tourist and I needed to go you know, I needed, I needed him to take me somewhere. And um, so I get back to the hotel and I looked up all the words that I said, and it's nothing, not, no, I didn't communicate anything at all. I overpaid. 
And and I'm, my husband was so excited because normally I'm the expert. Normally, and that's yeah. really hard because normally, number one, with my strengths, I'm bossy. I'm an expert. I speak the language. I'm always generally at the front of the bus, if you know what I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> with the microphone in my hand. And so those, my first trip to Thailand, Romania, where I didn't know the language, then all of a sudden I'm like, so this is what it's really like to go on a mission trip and just sit there and look yeah. like a yeah. deer in the headlights kind of thing. Yeah. And um, I was in Peru and I thought, oh, look, hey, I speak Spanish just like the Peruvians do. And so I was teaching and I said a word and I kept saying the same word and all of these tiny little Peruvian ladies kept um, like flinching. And so finally, one of them raised their hand and was like, um, what do you mean when you use, and she whispered the word that I've been using. And I was like, oh, that just means washing dishes in the Dominican. And they were like, oh, because that does not mean washing dishes here. And I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh. So then when you take stock of everything that I said, and I'm going to wash dishes. And if the Lord wants, if that's the only thing that the Lord wants me to do, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. And the word that I was saying in the Domin in Peru was so not a so, clean word. So not good. So, <laughs> so not good. And so it's not. never a nice, it's never a nice word. You never stumble and say puppy over and over again. No. It's like a, <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, with language, it always happens with language. Yeah. And and funny, funny uh stories that come from trying to use the language. Mm, so yes. uh uh yeah, when we were in Nepal, um we had we had been in uh India. And we, we had gotten some really great advice about going into those countries. And they're like, look, you, you, and you've mentioned this already, you know, you kind of need to don't dress American yeah. dress the way the women dress there. So when we landed in India, we went and bought, you had two options for what the women wore there. One was something they call a churidar, which I'm sure everybody probably is familiar with. If you think about it, they're kind of like the silky, uh, they look like pajamas, but they're, they're pants on the bottom and then a long tunic top with split up the side of the tunic top that matches those pants and then a scarf that matches all three of the other things that you've got on so that you kind of got this coordinating and these women wear these and they're beautiful. And then the other thing was the sari, which mm. is one continuous piece of fabric that these women wrap around themselves. And they, 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 I don't know how they do it, but I just knew when I was choosing, I knew I would be sorry if yes. I wore a sorry, <laughs> exactly. because I could just see this thing completely coming unhooked and everything. And, and next thing I know, I'm walking start naked down the street. Yeah. So I went with the Churidor, well, which was a great option, very comfortable, cool, nice. The only problem is there are squatty potties. Mm -hmm. Now, if you've never traveled a lot into areas of the world where you've had to use a squatty potty, you absolutely have missed um, a, a real joy of missions. Well, yeah. uh, because these are, instead of having a toilet bowl uh, mounted to a wall with pipes, this is basically a hole in the ground. Sometimes it may have cement over it. Sometimes it may just be dust and dirt and other things that we won't go into at this moment. Yeah. But you basically go in and squat over this hole and do your best to hit the hole and not everybody does. Mm -hmm. So that is the squatty potty. So you can, so you just take into account the smell and the floor and just, just get it all in your mind. And now, um, there's no toilet paper because in that part of the world, they actually use like a water hose um, to, to clean themselves off with right. after it's all done. And so 
So for these people who do this every day and grew up doing this, yeah, they, all of this wardrobe and this whole experience is every day for them. And they do it just as smooth and as easy as problem. But take this girl right here, who's now in the silky pants and top. And I'm, I'm looking for my wipe that I've got to get out of my backpack um, because there's no toilet paper. And I can't use this water hose because I will be drenched and now I'm now I've got a backpack on my back and I am trying to um I'm trying to Balance. keep my clothes clean yeah and I am trying to not step in something that I do not want to step into right. yeah. and I'm trying to actually use the restroom yeah and I have had I mean I just won't go into any more detail than that uh you know but honestly I have laughed till I have cried yeah. Uh, because this just every um, sense that you have in your body is heightened and here you are trying to keep from breaking your neck yeah in, over a squatty potty uh in some rural place somewhere around the world mm -hmm. and try not to let your silky churdar yeah. touch the ground yeah this is brand new probably and it's yeah yeah it's like the balance it's a balancing act um, and that happened, that actually happened to us in Peru. We were traveling um, and I, and I was, we were traveling with a Dominican group of, you know, from our church. We had raised yeah. money for it to go on a missions trip. And um, we were headed up the mountain. We wanted to, the, the missionaries wanted us to minister to this, to this um, small group of churches over the mountains, the Andes mountains yeah. um, in this small location. And so we, we drove and drove and drove. Um, on a bus and it's I don't know if you've ever seen the tv show like the world's most dangerous uh, roads but I really yes. feel like this is one of those because it's no, one way it. it's yes, just I one way cut into the mountain gravel and yeah. it's like you go up in the morning and you come down in the evening you can't nothing can pass right. and so it was um it was very foggy going up the mountain and it was scary and we didn't know until later that the bus driver had actually never driven this road before and so at one point we're watching the bus driver and the two pastors are, are had their faces pressed to the windshield and they're making sure he's staying yeah. on on the really. road because it's sheer drop and at one yeah. point we're at 15,000 feet elevation straight down right. you know and one of the mission one of the um, missions trip participants Marco um, he would he would keep looking out the window and go nobody would ever find us if we fell if if the bus dropped off the cliff nobody would ever find us. And he just kept saying that over, yeah. and over again. And we're just like, shut up. And yeah. the Peruvian missions trip recipients, our participants on the front were just singing hymns the whole time. We're talking hours of just hymns yeah. and they weren't like all happy hymns. Some of them were kind of like, sounded like funeral dirges. And again, in the back, Marco, nobody would ever find us. And, yeah. we were just, you know, <laughs> and so I, I start crying and I'm like, start hiding in the back corner. I'm like, if anything happens, we've just taken you know, 12 Dominicans and 10 Peruvians to their deaths because right. of a missions trip and how, you know, and I'm like, just Lord, dear Lord, please. And right. um, so we get to the top of the mountain and then we stop and everybody's like, hey, let's get out and take a picture. And um, and I was on the bus still crying. Everybody's like getting off the bus and taking this beautiful picture of the, you know, and the Andes are still going up. I don't know if you've ever been to the Andes or have any yeah. clue. These yeah. mountains are in, they're just so high. Yeah. And so we're at the top of one mountain and you can still see high mountains yeah. ever, everywhere else. And so one of the one of the Peruvian pastors comes back on the bus and he's like, 
sister, it's okay. We're fine. You just have to have a faith in God. And I yelled at him. I said, I have faith, but this is stupid. And I'm just crying. And he's like, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. And so then I dry off my tears and he prays with me and he's like, go out and take a picture with your group. And I'm like, I started crying again. I'm like, I can't because now I'm ugly. And then oh, he, that just is kind hysterical. Of, he just rolled his eyes and got off the bus. And the, the church, our Dominican church thinks it's hysterical because they have that picture on the wall in their church. And everybody loves to be like, Allie, why weren't you in the picture? And I was yeah. like, it's because I was crying on the bus. You know, yeah. <laughs> Which I couldn't really... say I was ministering to some of the, you know, no, the flamingos yeah. over there. No. Oh, my word. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, they're, so they're hard. I mean, there's everything is so new. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, you're not used to it. And yet um, uh, it seems like everybody else has got a system uh, going and you are not you are not exactly a part of that system. But mm-hmm. it does teach you so much about and stretch you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I used to think when when we would go, oh, man, you know, we're going to we're going to help them so much. But I mm-hmm. usually come to learn that I'm the one who's helped the most. Mm-hmm. Um, God does his work in my heart and my life. And and sometimes it's through these, it's through funny experiences. Right. It's through experiences. Uh, the, the challenges of the difficulty of the trip, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, we laugh, but, you know, cold showers and no air conditioning and things that, you know, we, that we first world, these are first world problems, not third right. world problems, yeah. you know, but you find out how spoiled sometimes you really are. Right. and how blessed you are mm-hmm. sometimes and then you also really get to see the beauty of what God has created I mean as mm-hmm. hard as like you're talking about the Andes Mountains here I was uh in the middle of the Himalayas mm-hmm. uh in Nepal and I mean there's are some of the most beautiful places I've yeah. ever seen in my life yeah. yeah and I would have never seen them had I mm-hmm. not been able to go right you know, and uh, I, I would have never been on that. And so I think I, I think one of the great things about a missions trip is this. There's nothing glamorous about traveling. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing there's nothing uh, glamorous necessarily about all this going on a missions trip, but every never fails. You see the beauty of what God has done, mm-hmm. not only in the world, but in his people. Yeah. And you learn from each other. And I think you come back with a greater appreciation for what you have yourself yeah as well as um you come back with a heart that is burdened to pray to give maybe to go again Mm -hmm. and um to really make a difference um for people that god would allow you to make a difference for yeah and so i I just i just i love it I, i love i love leading people on mission trips and uh you and i both have had the experience of having young women with us on a trip. Mm-hmm. In fact, one of the girls that now works for Mercy came on a Dare for More missions yeah. trip yeah. and ended up uh, answering the call and surrendering to go, went right back and began to actually work with you. And she's yeah. now part of your team there mm-hmm. in the Dominican Republic. Yeah. And we can tell that story a couple of times over. And I'm excited that, you mm-hmm. know, because for me, that's really, some people come home and never go back. Some, yeah. people, some people come home surrender and go back yeah and some people come home and they just have a deeper appreciation for um just either forgiving or just getting involved in whatever mm-hmm. um whatever projects or or whatever opportunities um whether it's whether it's a clothing driver whether it's you know yeah. they all of a sudden they're um i remember my cousin um brought her her daughters on a on a trip just for a couple of days and then they went to a hotel 
and um, and they spent some time. These are my tiny little cousin uh, cousin's daughters. They they spent some time at the workshop, and so their next birthday, it was there. I think they were turning five, and they didn't want any presents. They wanted they wanted people to bring toys so she could send them back to the Dominican yeah. Republic. Right. And it was even even planting those seeds into your family and saying, okay, hey, there's you know, to whom much is given, much is required, yeah. um, and just one of those things, um, just that type of mindset to say, the world is so much bigger than my corner, and I want to yeah. brighten wherever I am. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, if you've listened today, and maybe you have your own mission trip stories, mm-hmm. we'd love to hear oh, those. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, send us an email. Let us know some of your stories. But honestly. Um, I, I would want to encourage you, if you've got kids at home, um, what a great opportunity that it would be for you to just begin to expand your kids' view of the world. Maybe you take a country and you pray for it for a month, and every month you pick a different country. Maybe you just take an opportunity to learn a few things about that country. Um, you know, actually find out who your church supports, yeah. <laughs> you know, and take a family and write them a letter, uh, send them an email and say, hey, our family's praying for you this month. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of a sudden we open our children's eyes to the world that is much bigger than they are. And, uh, what a great opportunity yeah. uh, to be able to give, to be able to go maybe, but definitely to be able to pray. Right. Because exactly. uh, that's really what people need more. I think than anything, mm-hmm. uh, is they need our prayer support. They need to know that we're, there's people out there that actually see them, know who they are and care. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and maybe your family wants to adopt a family, a mission family. Uh, what a cool thing. Just say, hey, you know, we're, this is our special connection and we're going to pray for these people. Uh, we're going to maybe go visit them at some time. We're right. going to connect in a, in a powerful way. So, um, so many, so many awesome things. And of course, Dare for More is going to be scheduling uh, more mission trips. We weren't able to go last year with all of yeah. the COVID things just kind of mm-hmm. flipped upside down. But, um, you know, there's going to be more trips coming up on the schedule where you're going to be able to go and join us uh, on trips. And so if you're listening and you're interested in that, uh, be sure to send us an email and say, hey, send me some info about your next trip. Yeah. Uh, because I would love for you to get to go see what Allie does. And there, um, we can promise you there are no squatty potties in San Pedro. Yeah, there's unless, no squatty potties Unless you want one. Right. Unless you want one. We can yes. give you that experience. If that yes, if, yeah, if that really means a whole lot to you. But, uh, but anyway, well, listen, it's been fun today to talk about missions. It's been fun to talk about mission trips. Mm-hmm. And uh, really, our hope and prayer for you today is that you will take the time to pray for a missionary today. Yeah. Uh, maybe plan a mission trip today. Uh, you know, start looking ahead and saying, hey, what can our family do to make a difference in missions? Mm-hmm. Um, and again, we'd love to hear your stories. Uh, we'll even share some of them on the air if you want to send them to us uh, just as a follow up to this. So be sure to email us. Uh, and we will be glad to share some of those. So until next time, thanks for joining us on Rooted Deep. Uh, continue to pray for uh, uh, Allison as they're in the Dominican. She would be a great missionary for you to adopt. And uh, so be sure to pray for that ministry. Pray for Dare for more. And, uh, and join us next week because we got more exciting stuff coming up in the days ahead. Have a great day. All right, everybody. Have a great day. Talk to you later. Thank you for listening to Rooted Deep. To learn more about Dare for More Ministries, go to dareformore.org and look up Mercy Workshop at mercyjewelry.org.